Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, Gluttoneers. Hello, Becca. Hello, Gretchen. We are already moving fast. We're just hitting the ground running. We are still in Marcella mode and we are making her carrot cake, which of course has some very interesting things about it. And we're going to do things a little bit differently today. And since this cake has a bake time of about an hour, we're going to try to get it going and get it in the oven and then sit down and share all of the very exciting things on our mind. But what are we drinking first? So you found the cutest drink imaginable for what we were doing because I suggested doing a carrot cocktail. And guess what, everyone? There's something called a bunny, bunny, B-U-N-N-Y, Mary, instead of a Bloody Mary. And it includes vodka or any other neutral liquor, carrot juice, honey syrup, lemon juice, caper juice crystal hot sauce and parsley for garnish if you like but we know becca is definitely not going anywhere near that and i hate garnishing shit so i didn't do that either we did rim our glasses naked (laughs) glasses we did rim with a pimento salt just to get a give a little uh fun texture around the top there we're we're both really enjoying this i like this twist on the on the bloody mary genre yeah the carrot juice adds a little sweetness and then that pimento salt is just salt Smoked sweet paprika, which I had smoked or sweet. So I just did a little full and yeah. then some cayenne. So it's got a little spice on that rim, but then the drink itself is, so it's, it's just sweet enough. We added mm-hmm. wish, wish, wish to sure. you. Thank you. We added that too, <laughs> but it's delightful. So carrot theme today. And we have started a couple of things, but we're going to, pick up with the important bits. And so our ingredients today are going to be nine ounces of unpeeled almonds. We use unsalted, unroasted, Mm -hmm. and then one cup plus two tablespoons of sugar, nine ounces of peeled carrots cut into one inch pieces, four ounces of lady fingers, ooh, lady fingers, crisped (laughs) In a 325 degree oven for 20 minutes, we both bought our lady fingers. So we did not bake those. Two and a half teaspoons baking powder, one tablespoon amaretto or another nutty liqueur, one quarter teaspoon salt, and four large eggs with the yolk separated from the egg whites. And then once the cake's done, we're going to make some whipped cream with heavy cream and a teeny bit of sugar. Yes. As I noted, it's the barest whisper because it's one cup of heavy cream and a teaspoon of sugar. (laughs) Teeny tiny teaspoon. (laughs) So what are we doing with all those ingredients? Well, just to mention our special equipment for this episode, this is going to require a food processor or blender. I used a food processor. Becca used a blender. A 10-inch springform plant is helpful, but not essential. And we'll get into variations on that a little bit later. And then a hand mixer or a stand mixer, but 
we're both going to use our hand mixers today because it's just for a small amount of ingredients, much easier to use than the stand mixer. And then our steps for this recipe, so this is the high level steps, we're going to chop the almonds and sugar together in the food processor or blender, and then dump that into a bowl, then chop up the carrots very fine, add that to the bowl and mix, chop up your lady fingers in the food processor and add to the bowl and then mix thoroughly. Then we are gonna add our baking powder, liquor, salt, and then mix again. Add your yolks, mix again. Then we are gonna whip our egg whites to stiff peaks. Then you have to add a small amount to help lighten the mixture a little bit before folding in the remaining amount. We are gonna grease our pan with butter and then add the batter and bake for 50 or 60 minutes. And then once it's cooled to lukewarm, you can remove it from the pan. That is our high level, very fast overview. Just a quick question to clarify, when you say add a little bit, so we're gonna whip up those egg whites and then take just a little bit of the egg whites and put it into the mixture that we've already had going on the side, which is the ladyfingers and the carrots and all that stuff. Correct. And then add the balance of the egg whites. Correct, yes. Okay, Yes. okay, yes. I'm excited. Slightly yeah. intimidated and excited. You're going to do great. It's fine. <laughs> what world level would you say this is then? This is a world level two. There's a little bit of that faffiness with having to do the whipped egg whites. This is a, but this is a fairly common thing that's used in cakes. It's a little annoying. And I did end up having to make Becca redo her egg whites because she got a little yolk in there. And I said, just no, let's start over. Don't want to start with any of that yolk in there because it will make your life difficult. And, um, but otherwise it's not hard, a little labor intensive, but not hard. So, okay. I can do that. So the first thing we're going to do is turn on our oven to 350 degrees, right? Catch us up with what we've already done. So we've already chopped up our almonds and sugar together, put that into a bowl. We've chopped up our carrots and added that to the same bowl. We have, and we chopped up our lady fingers, but we held those to the side just because I was worried about them getting soggy from any moisture that the carrots would release while we were doing our chat. And then we have our baking powder, liquor, and salt all measured out. And I think that pretty much catches everybody up to where we are at at the moment. And so uh, when we get to the kitchen, the first thing we're gonna do is mix in our lady fingers. Then once that's mixed in thoroughly, we'll add that baking powder, the liquor, and salt. Make sure we get that mixed thoroughly. Then our yolks are gonna go in and then we are gonna whip our egg whites. So okay, is that a good place to stop? I'm gonna have a little smoky smoke before we run in there real quick. Do you have any questions about any of that before we, uh, before no, we go? I'm excited, that? I'm ready. What, what, are you, what are you smoking today, Becca? Just while we, since we have two minutes to cover that before we run into the kitchen. Good point. I have an indica pen, but I can't find the label or the box that it came in. So I actually have no idea what it is other than it's an indica. But I did also have some tincture this morning, which was, it's called a daytime tincture. And it has, for the total bottle, it's not a huge bottle, but it has 300 milligrams of THC and 1500 milligrams of CBD. So oh. like a one to three ratio there or one to five ratio. Yeah. Of one to CBD. Five, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So I'm just having a little bit of that and then smoking on this little indica pen and just trying to take it slow and steady today. 
baking is always a, mm, a fun, yeah. <laughs> a fun thing. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Your skills are coming along. Yeah, I'm having a joint since I can't stop myself from buying joints all the time right now. <laughs> and this is, I believe the name of this weed is peanut butter souffle, which I felt like was appropriate since we're making a dessert. And I really like these. These are from the companies called Lake Grade. These be- burn beautifully. Like this might be one of the nicest burning joints I've ever seen because when they burn, they burn perfectly cylindrically. They like Like, I don't know how they do this, but it is one of the nicest burning joints I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) That's so nice. It's so hard when you have a joint that's just like burning on one half and you're like, stop, stop it. it." There's no fixing it. It's just going to do that. Like, yeah, I hate that. I hate it. That's what I want. (laughs) So yeah, like, I mean, in this, like, so you can see already, like it's burned like maybe a quarter of an inch at the top stays like that until you knock it off it's pretty amazing like it stays in one one piece for the longest time that's awesome okay that's probably enough for me before we get started as you said it is baking so i'll try and stay on task here you can't be too baked i can't i can't be too baked for baking (laughs) here we are in the kitchen we made it are we supposed to mix the baking powder and the liqueur and salt together before it goes in I don't think so, because I definitely okay. read it that way. We'll go into more detail about how she writes her recipe that is very confusing after we're done mixing this shit up. Yeah, but, I was uh, real confused about one part. <laughs> hey, but we'll now you have cream that. of tartar, so like that's there you go. just a, a bonus, and that shit never goes bad, so you'll be fine. Okay, feel. So we've got our ladyfingers, carrots, and almonds and sugar all mixed up. We're going to add salt liqueur baking powder hang on i have to mix my lady fingers in oh and i just mixed i'm mixing this with my hands yeah we'll fully read the recipe as marcella wrote it after this goes in the oven okay i get my my liquor Mm. almond give me all the almond things i know i think i had mentioned to becca before we started recording that i really wanted to make this with amaretti biscuits but decided it was not appropriate to go making that part up as we go We've tried to stay faithful to Marcella. I mean, we'll talk about this more, but this is our last Marcella sprint marathon, Marcella marathon, I guess. We just were at the dessert. We decided it's okay to take a break. I'm positive we will come back to it, but it's okay to take a pause. So I've got my alcohol, baking powder, salt mixed in really well, going in with my egg yolks. Okay, same. I need to wash my hands because I've been doing this with my hand. Okay. Because... Like and no, nope, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think anywhere in the recipe, she even mentioned stirring it by hand, but I'm just, right. just weird. And I'm like, can't stop Gretchen. Can't stop me. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it with my hands. <laughs> well, now we are up to our egg whites. We are up to our egg whites in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we mix them into fluffy peaks, stiff peaks. Yes, we're going to whip them. We're going to whip them whip into them. stiff peaks. Yes. We're not mixing. <laughs> Got it. Okay. We need we need more more uh, oomph than mixing is going to give us. Okay. So we need we need that aggressive whip. Yeah, a firm handshake, not a limp yes. little fishy no, shake. No limp noodles here, no. Yeah. Ready to whip it? Ready. Okay. Go. 
check where where my peak status is. Oh, I am good. Okay, I just need maybe can another. I see, yeah, where mine is can at. I see yours. Yeah. Fortunately, okay. I don't. Can you see this guy? Kinda. Can you see mine? Ooh, I think you're stiff. I'm stiff. You're Hold. stiff. You're okay. stiff. I just need like another maybe third, maybe fifteen to thirty seconds. So cool. Okay. It's still falling over a bit, but I think if I go anymore, I might take it too far. So, so now we put a little bit into the mix? Yes. I think she wrote a few tablespoons. I'd probably do about mm, this much, about a rough half a cup or so. Okay. Like a mixing spoonful. Yeah. If you have a dream farm spoon or whatever they Ooh. call it. Yeah. Like a half of a super half handy. of that. Okay. So mine's pretty thoroughly mixed, and I'm gonna go scrape the rest of it. Yeah, mine were actually I shade too far. No wonder my peaks are falling over. I went over the went over the top slightly too stiff. They're about they oh. are on the edge of breaking apart and starting to look curdy. Uh oh. So yeah, gently you want to do that swooping folding motion because you're trying to gently gently incorporate keep that. Because the more you mix this, the more the bubbles break that are in being held in by your eggs. And so you want to break as few of those bubbles as possible to mix this together. So you want okay. to be pretty gentle with it. I mean, if you're too worried about like knocking the air out of it, you could also do this in steps more than she did, where you maybe add like half of the, the egg whites and then you can add another half. Mm-hmm. Because this, I mean, this the the original batter before we added these egg whites was very thick. Yeah. So did you already prepare your pan? Then it's all ready to go. We'll talk about this, but I have a nine inch square, and I haven't greased the pan, but I okay. have like buttered the shit out of a wax paper to put okay. on the pan. So I don't know if I should also butter the pan just in case, or will that? Be- yeah, I, it won't hurt you. I mean, it's not okay. like 100% necessary, but. Okay, so I'm I, still folding. I'm just, uh, so am I. I just wanted okay. to see where you were at. Since I'm just buttering and not needing to add paper. You're a little um, step ahead, kind of. Right. So I was just check, checking to see that. Because if your pan was already, I was going to stop and do my pan. But I think I've got this mixed plenty. Yeah, that looks great. What's the texture? Oh, how can I, I describe this? It's got kind of a little bit more of a porridgey texture to it, is how I would mm-hmm. describe it. Mm-hmm. Where it's fairly smooth, but there's definitely a little bit larger sort of chunks to it. Mm-hmm. Can I show you mine? Yep. Oh, yeah. That looks great. Looks really okay. similar to mine. Perfect. I'll get my pan buttered and then add my wax paper. So I feel like we both should put a sheet pan underneath our baking <sighs> Okay. Good idea. I'm going to do it because I'm using the spring form, but you, you want to do it because it, it asks for a 10 inch and I think I might have a nine inch spring form and you've got a nine inch square. So since we don't really know like how that volume difference is going to affect the cake, just a better idea in case it's too much volume for your cake pan, (laughs) put Mm -hmm. something under there so that it doesn't fall on the bottom of your oven. Good thinking. Sometimes I have good ideas. (laughs) <laughs> I am intrigued by this cake. Mm-hmm. So Marcella is very specific in mentioning to make sure you level this without deflating it. And what I'm going to do to level mine is actually use a, shit, what's the word I'm looking for? Offset spatula to smooth mine out. 
So I'm going to use a tiny offset spatula, which would be very delicate and gentle on my cake. Since I want to make sure that it's pretty level, it's really just a smoothing of the top, kind of getting corners pushed in here a little bit. I'm going to be behind you because my oven's not. Well, I think I can wait to do that. I can wait till you're ready, your oven's ready, and then we can put them in at the same time. So we have... Okay. Since like she has you stop and prepare the pan at the end, I figure it, it it's one of not one of those cakes that's gonna hurt it to sit, especially mm-hmm. because with the way that the egg whites are whipped, that gives it actual physical structure. So you're not gonna lose as much of that air, mm-hmm. rather than if you're doing chemical leavening with where the baking powder is ap- helping because that is a chemical leavening, and as soon as that hits water of any sort it starts to work. That's why with most cakes, you kind of have to be quick about getting it in the oven because you'll lose some of that lift. But this one has that whipped egg white, which is like a physical leavening. So you won't lose as much if you have to wait a couple minutes to pop it in the oven. Okay, like egg scaffolding. Yes, that's a really good way to put it. (laughs) Egg scaffolding. I fucking love that. We will use that okay. from now on. If we <laughs> ever do anything with it, with yeah. egg whites ever again. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice that for extra credit on my Bunny Mary, I went in a bunny glass, one of my bunny glasses from uh, I did. my trip to the UK? I didn't notice, but that is perfect. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Mmm, salt. I know. It's good. Well, I miss the fact that there was supposed to be cayenne in that rim stuff, but it's spicy enough with just the paprika. <laughs> me you're good yeah I'm good yeah I really like this drink me too I mean I I thought I might like it but I really like it yeah and it has a a couple of ingredients but a regular Bloody Mary has so many steps to make it you just get like one of them I've been wanting more Bloody Marys but I've been like lazy about it so this is kind of a good just like five ingredients and then move on okay my oven's finally ready Yay. Ready, ready go. to go. And we go. I'm glad this is supposed to go. I think it's supposed to go on the topmost rack. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Uppermost level of a preheated oven. Okay. So yes, I got the right spot. I'm setting my timer for 50 minutes because that's when we're supposed to start checking how done it is. And since I've never made this cake before and neither of you, neither one of us knows if it can cook faster. So um, here we go. Okay. Our cakes are in the oven. We are sitting back down and ready to listen from Marcella's book. Take us away, Gretchen. This is Torta di Carote. The outstanding features of this butterless, flourless, asterisk on the flourless, carrot cake are in its consistency. Firm, but not leaden. Satisfyingly chewy, yet moist. Its flavor, nutty, aromatic, and fresh. Six to eight portions. Nine ounces shelled unpeeled almonds, one cup plus two tablespoons granulated sugar, nine ounces of carrots peeled and cut up into one inch pieces, one quarter pound lady fingers made crisp in a 325 degree oven for 20 minutes, one teaspoon cream of tartar sold by drugstores as potassium bitrate mixed with one and a half teaspoons of bicarbonate of soda or two and a half teaspoons of baking powder, one tablespoon amaretta liquor, one quarter teaspoon of salt, four large eggs separated, a 10 inch springform pan, one tablespoon of butter for greasing the pan, 
whipped cream topping made from one cup of heavy cream and one teaspoon of granulated sugar. Optional. <laughs> What's a ladyfinger? So a ladyfinger is a type of cookie. And as you might imagine, it's a long, thin cookie. It's supposed to look like a lady's finger. Or a finger. Yeah. Very interesting or, with lady. <laughs> yeah. I think that really is attributed to the fact that it's a light, delicate uh, style of cookie. So it's it's much more like akin to a meringue. Widely available in most grocery stores. So I don't know anybody that's like, I need to make lady fingers at home. But, you know, I might be that person at some point. You and Marcella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when she says made crisp in a 325 degree oven, that's usually going to refer to like lady fingers that are maybe either soft lady fingers or if you've made them yourself. Most commercially available lady fingers are quite crispy, so they don't really need that treatment. And I think like when this book was written in the 1980s, that wouldn't have been the case necessarily. Because as far as I know, they're supposed to be almost spongy, but maybe I'm just kind of getting them intercrossed with Madeline's. So that might be part of my problem. <laughs> gotcha. So it's interesting because as you read, she says this is a flourless asterisk cake, but most recipes for ladyfingers include flour. I believe so. They they usually will have some sort of dry ingredient like that to give them a little more structure. So do you think she's using lady fingers instead of just like flour and sugar and stuff because of that texture? Probably. At this point, I have an idea of what the texture is going to be like for this cake, but I still am not 100% sure because I've never made one quite like this. Like I've made things in this style, but they're usually made with flour, not cookies. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting to see like, a fresh vegetable, a cookie, and nuts as yeah. your cake. <laughs> the, the nuts especially, really any cake where you're using like a high percentage of nuts, you're going to use this, mix the egg yolk in, and then whip your egg whites kind of leavening because those nuts are going to be really heavy. The, like you need that egg scaffolding to hold up the cake in order to le leaven it at all. This is very common for things that use a lot of nuts. I see. Okay. Lady fingers are cookies and they serve a kind of to be determined purpose in this cake, but they're very, it's a unique way to approach a cake. Yes. <laughs> Gretchen's never even seen this before. That was my first question. What's a lady finger? My second question is what is cream of tartare? And then I have a like B part of that question, which is <laughs> That whole part about cream of tartare and baking soda and bicarbonate soda was extremely confusing to me. Gretchen had to like explain it to me several times. And I had the book in front of me and I was like, no, what? This is what? She's using kind so, of some old terminology there. Cream of tartare, baking soda, and baking powder are basically the three things we're talking about in this it, ingredient list. Yes. Part. yes. Okay. So we'll start with the cream of tartare. Cream of tartar is just powdered tartric acid. So it's an acid, which is kind of weird that you call it cream. <laughs> yeah. Acid. Okay, pH scale. It's it's tartric acid. There are like anti-caking agents and stuff. So I think that's why they, they use that term versus just calling it tartric acid. 
or I think it is it tartaric acid, tartaric acid. Well, I'm going to a little wrapped around the axle as far as the pronunciation of that. But so the so cream of tartar is a, an acid. Mm-hmm. We're going to okay. talk about baking powder because yeah. this is this is where Becca got confused because she thought this was like the the cream of tartar was important, but like if you don't understand what baking powder is, that really affects like how you understand this, how to read this particular ingredient section and so baking powder is sort of the shortcut where it's already mixed together an activator of your bicarbonate of soda with something else so that tartric acid can i take a guess at what i think um what yeah if you want to you say what you're gonna say okay so the way that i read that was you had to have cream of tartar and then you mixed that with either baking soda or baking powder. But in actuality, you just need baking. Oh my God, I have to get the book because I'm confusing myself. But you need just baking powder or you need cream of tartar and baking soda because the baking soda needs an activator. Yes. But the baking powder has it built in. So I yes. didn't understand the difference between those two. So I assumed you got to have cream of tartar. I keep saying tartar, tartar. And then you mix that with either baking soda or baking powder. And Gretchen was like, no, you don't need cream of tartar. I was like, no, that's, that's what it says. <laughs> she wrote it in a really confusing way where, yeah, I could definitely see because there was another, we'll get to the other part that I was like, why did you write this this way? This is very confusing. <laughs> I also got really annoyed because she switched from ounces from the the almonds and the carrots to a quarter of a pound of lady fingers. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why would you switch weights, like weight, weight styles? But when you kind of understand that she didn't actually like, for the most part, she didn't write her recipes she just made stuff and somebody sat in the kitchen with her and actually like wrote these for her. So she's just talking and having somebody that might kind of, yeah, that's how she wrote all of these recipes is that she didn't necessarily like write them down. Somebody else was with her in the kitchen writing stuff down. It makes more sense when you know that, but I was also very annoyed by the switching of, I was like, but where was the editor? Where was the editor of this cookbook? Where's my conversions to all ounces? Come on, people. Come on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Make the recipe work for me. But that does help clarify. So the the cream of tartar is an acid that doesn't like that that baking soda would need. But baking powder is like, I'm good. I got my whole shit together over here by myself. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) If you ever look at the back of the label, because I did this today to make sure I was like, remembering all this quickly but I was expecting it to have like a, an acid-based ingredient and it yeah so like how you make baking powder is you add some sort of acid or activator to baking soda so bicarbonate of soda equals baking soda they're the same fucking thing okay so one that was confusing right before we even got anywhere else that was con- that naming convention was confusing So you kind of need to understand, which is like, again, part of this is that she wrote this book in the 1980s. So like Viking powder was widely fucking available at that point. So I don't know if like she wrote this as like 
sort of trying to explain or just that she's just used to doing it with cream of tartar and baking soda. Okay, um, that makes sense. That's so helpful to me just to understand that. I wonder if maybe she just thought having baking listed twice would be confusing, baking soda, baking powder. So she put bicarbonate instead, but that made it worse for me. <laughs> I think older generations are more familiar seeing it as bicarbonate of soda because it would have been something that you could have like bought at a pharmacy. Like they mm. would sell it as like, cause here's my other life-saving tip. Cause I actually had a boyfriend tell me this once is that, and he was like, Oh God, I have really bad heartburn, but I have no antacid like tablets with me. And I said, just drink some baking soda because it neutralizes the acid. Like that's how it works. And that produces carbon dioxide. You get a little burpy, but like it helps take down that acid reflux a little bit. So if you're ever in a pinch and out of your (laughs) tums, you can just, it'll be really unpleasant to drink, but you'll feel better. So interesting. Okay. Gretchen's life-saving tips. (laughs) Yeah, really. I get bad acid reflux, so that is good to know. In a pinch. Um, In a pinch. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would not just be like, do it. Like, I'm like, no, Tums are definitely like way easier to deal with than like drinking straight baking soda. That's like, I hate any of those toothpastes that have baking soda in them. Like, I can't even use those (laughs) things. My grandma used to just use baking soda and like water. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 Those were my questions. And then I think you were going to read the steps officially. Oh, yes. March, March, Marcella guided steps. steps. Yes. Step one, turn on the oven to 350 degrees. <laughs> important. Very important. Remember to turn on your oven. Put the almonds and sugar into a food processor or a blender and chop very fine. Transfer to a mixing bowl large enough to accommodate later all the other ingredients. Step three. Chop the carrots as fine as possible in a food processor or blender and add to the bowl, mixing them with the almonds. Step four, break up the ladyfingers into small pieces and chop them in the food processor or blender until very fine. So I guess mine are okay. I was thinking I'd chop them too fine, but they're probably fine. Then mix with the other ingredients in the bowl. Step five, add the baking powder together with the liquor and the salt and mix thoroughly. Step seven, in a separate bowl, mix the Oh, so sorry, I skipped mix the egg yolks with the other ingredients in the bowl. <laughs> I skipped step six. <laughs> On to step seven. In a separate bowl, beat the egg whites until they form stiff peaks. Take one to two tablespoons or slightly more, depending on if you feel like following directions or feel like doing whatever the fuck you feel like doing, of the beaten egg white, <laughs> and then mix it into the cake batter in the bowl to soften it a bit because it will be dense. Then Fold in the remaining egg whites gently. Step number eight, grease the bottom of the springboard pan with butter. Oh, I've greased all of the springboard pans. <laughs> Whoops. Every centimeter. <laughs> also notice it's not really a butterless recipe. It is definitely got a tablespoon of butter in there. <laughs> yeah, quite deceptive. You can't say flourless and butterless if you're using flour. <laughs> and pour in the batter, leaving it without pressing it. Note, if you are not using a springform pan, line the cake pan with buttered wax paper before pouring in the batter. This will make it easier to remove the cake when baked. Step nine, place the pan in the uppermost level of a preheated oven and bake for 50 to 60 minutes. Begin checking for doneness after 50 minutes by inserting a knife into the cake. When the knife comes out clean, the cake is done. 
Step 10. When the cake is lukewarm, remove from the pan. Serve at room temperature with whipped cream if desired. If it is not consumed the same day, wrap the cake when completely cooled in aluminum foil. It will keep for a week without refrigeration. That's it. Like we said, it's not too complicated, but it does just take a little extra work on each step, like peeling the carrots and mm-hmm. all those little things that add up. Yeah, but we, we should know in a little bit whether or not that's all essential. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so did you want to uh, read Mar- Marcella's take on carrots from Ingrediente? Yes, definitely. I'm super excited I haven't read it because I love being surprised by what she says with you because she's so funny so I didn't read it in advance but yes this is Marcella's thoughts on carrots from the Ingrediente book carrots are the least problematic vegetable to buy store prep and cook no other can produce a more universally endearing flavor A generous handful of chopped carrots, slowly sautéed, provides the sweet foundation of a bolognese sauce or a base on which to rest the step-by-step assemblage of a classic minestrone's mini vegetables. When serving them entirely on their own, I am fond of slicing them into thin rounds and braising them slowly in butter in a broad skillet with just enough water replenished tablespoon by tablespoon to keep the cooking going without ever turning them until they become wrinkled and a and colored a dark orange brown. I like this recipe. Might have to do this. That sounds so good. With slow and patient cooking, the intensity of flavor that the humble root can release is a revelation. The one cooking method that does nothing for carrots or for anyone eating them, is boiling or steaming. Water can be most unkind to carrots. (laughs) She's not wrong, because most of the nutrients in carrots are water-soluble, except for, I think, beta-carotene is more fat-soluble, so actually you get more uptake of the beta-carotene if you cook it with oil or something. I think we we talked about that when we talked about carrots before, or if not, it's worth repeating. We're saying it now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or yeah, saying it for the first time on the podcast. But she's not wrong. I like the like texturally. She's like, no, just no. Don't don't steam those poor carrots. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, not even steaming. I, All right. I love how frank she is. Just the one <laughs> method that does nothing for carrots or for anyone eating them. Like, how dare you? She's so how dare you? I love. I it. know. That's great. Buy carrots that are brightly colored, smooth of skin. Firm, not limp, and sound, not cracked. I prefer medium-sized carrots to overly large, which are doughy and not as sweet. If the tops are still on, you can easily judge their freshness. You may want to use the tops. I do not. But even if you do, cut them off before stowing the carrots in the refrigerator. Otherwise, they will drain away moisture from the root. This is all true. (laughs) Cannot argue with any of that. She's right on the money. But you may want to use the tops. I do not. I I mean, I've never, I am intrigued by people like, cause like I've seen recipes for like 
carrot top pesto. And mm-hmm. I find it very intriguing, but I always just end up giving them to my rabbits because my rabbits like them so much. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't need to do that. No, you don't need to test it out if something loves it as it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll stick to my basil pesto, but it, they are really good for you is the only other advantage is that they do have a lot of nutrients in the tops. I don't know, maybe, maybe a basil carrot top pesto would be a really good thing to do so that you get that nice basiliness, but also the more nutrient packed carrot top. But mm-hmm. I just had an idea about like carrot tops and radish as like a little side salad Ooh. thing. With, like, olive oil and yes, let's try it. Yeah. Store carrots in a plastic bag in the refrigerator's vegetable drawer where they will keep for as long as two weeks. Before using the carrots, rinse them in cold water, cut off a thin disc from the stem end and peel them using a vegetable peeler with a swiveling blade. I peel even small carrots. I don't mean miniatures because otherwise they will have a slightly musty taste of earth. The end of carrots. That outermost layer on carrots can actually be scrubbed off pretty easily if you use just like a green, like a regular scrubber, like any kind of sponge. Although I'd, I'd use like have one that you specifically use for vegetables, not just any scrubber that you're using like all over the kitchen. That outer layer can be like scrubbed a little instead of like fully peeling if you want to like minimize your vegetable loss. But I don't know if I agree with the musty thing, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the earthy can't avoid it if the peel's on flavor. I feel like she's not washing her carrots well enough, maybe, but I don't <laughs> want to like get, like take that from Marcella, you know. I know. We can't be coming in at the end all judgy with her. We've had such a glorious journey with Marcella these last, is this the sixth or sixth episode of Marcella? Yes, yes. Yeah. This will be our sixth in a row. We might as well just embrace when I'm obsessed with something and go full <laughs> hog on it. That's true. Of- yeah. We want, and we've been talking about her a lot ever since we talked about her tomato sauce Mm -hmm. and finally got the books in hand and Gretchen was like, oh, like the heavens have opened, the seas have parted and now there's only Marcella. Only, only Marcella. (laughs) It really funnels into my deep, deep love of Italian food. I think that's a, that's a lot of what's going on with that. Totally. Um, Then she educates, which we love. Yes. There are 19 minutes remaining on our cakes baking. Okay. I can already smell mine. Can you smell yours? No, but I have moved away from the Uh, kitchen. I don't know. Do you want, do you want to check yours? uh, Yeah, I'll go. I'll go look. Okay. See what's going on. (laughs) I'm wondering if some of it has gone over the top and like gone on the sheet pan because it's so, it smells so done. Oh, it's definitely very toasty on the top. Oh, it's pretty. Any boilage over? Nope. Okay. It did rise. Like it's risen so that like it t- definitely has risen at least another inch from where it was. Mm. I mean, it's probably set as far as height goes at the moment. Like, I don't think it's going to get any taller. But yeah, that's um, good. But yeah, it has about a centimeter to go from the top of the pan. Hey, Kenzie. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. What am I doing? I'm just adjusting my shirt, you weirdo. We haven't had a Kenzie visit in a while. One of the kitties at Gretchen's house. You just feeling vocal today? (laughs) 
Get thoughts on your mind. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Didn't, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> what do you want? You want to go out? Let's see. So did we have anything else we wanted to cover? Well, I didn't. Do you have final thoughts on Marcella as we wait for our carrot cake to bake and we close out our Marcella month series? Wow. <laughs> months, months and months. I love Marcella. I can't really say that these are my final thoughts because we will definitely come back to her over and over. And I know I will be like, mm -hmm. there is a veal with hazelnuts and balsamic recipe I want to take on. You've already made her fig gelato, which we've not talked about at all. Yeah, so I made catch us up on that sometime. Technically, I made peach gelato, but I used oh. the fig recipe, not realizing she has a whole fucking section of gelatos. We definitely need to make her gelatos because she's got like her recipes are even easier than doing fleur de lay. Yes, please. I was. I know Becca wants something that's easier than fleur de lay. So yeah, which is hard to come by, like you said, it's like two steps. Yeah, I really like the gelato recipes, but it was very good. So I will definitely do it again. And it was really easy. That's another advantage. I like it. I think it's inspiring to me that you're so surprised, I guess, <laughs> by some, you know, like it's very cool to like, you know, so much about cooking. You have so much technical experience or technical knowledge and actual experience. And, and it's fun for me when you have like a, like a new learning or a new approach or something. And so it's been really cool for me to like see that happening because when I first learned about her tomato sauce, for me, it was super appealing because one, it's like three ingredients right. and two, the onions don't stay a part of the final dish. So it was like super win-win and her, her simplicity was always super appealing to me. And I've even when we've been doing this, like kind of deeper dive into her Italian kitchen book, I've still sought out the more simple recipes. And so for me, it's easy to think and make assumptions that she's just putting out very simple recipes, but then you're ready to take on these like uber complicated 20 steps. And you have such like passion and enthusiasm for it that it's just cool to me to see how, how wide her audience can be and how approachable or how complicated the Marcella journey can be for everybody. It's like a choose your own adventure. Like you can seek out things that are literally two steps, or you can seek out these like very layered multi-step complicated recipes. And I find it so, so universally appealing. I'm just like in love with her approach to food and cooking. I mean, I think what I find particularly enjoyable about it, even though you're right, I am kind of, you know, I've got all this experience is that like everything we've approached in this book, aside from the, the few confusing things that <laughs> happen because like of just the way that she would have learned about food being of that older generation. I think it would be the same with Fanny as well. Like sure. if, we dove, if we dive deeper into Fanny at some point, then we will like get into some of that terminology stuff and but nothing in her book is like over the top complicated and I think that is one of the larger appeals for her and like why she was so popular for so long and it is a fucking shame that people are not as tuned into her now is that her recipes are really simple like our mains that we just made 
those, those, yeah. that was really simple. I mean, technically we were talking about fish course and, and a meat course. So it's not really like mains, like we think of it as in this country, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a discussion. That's a whole different thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've already gotten into that, but she is so good at breaking it down so that it is understandable for people. And like, she does have just a, I'm looking at clean ingredients. I'm looking for that, hot, that good quality. It's all about the quality. It's not complicated techniques, complicated ingredients. It's all like, I have these basic ingredients that I always have around. And like, it's funny because it also appeals to me because they're like always the ingredients I have around. Yeah. So like, I <laughs> yeah. think that's just that goes to show you that she, she knows like, and given, you know, not everybody's going to have their kitchen stacked like an Italian. I'm just a weirdo because I love Italian food and I am in no way even remotely close to being genetically or, you know, culturally <laughs> Italian in any way. But I love Italian food so much that it is where my, my cooking skews and that, yeah, she has a really great way about it. It is just, it's so exciting. And, and it's so funny that it's a relatively old book for something that I find so new, novel and exciting. So this totally. is me. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun because I've, I've taken away a lot from it but I always take away a lot from what we do. <laughs> and so it's been fun to me to see your new learnings and intrigue about her cooking. I also, I remember when we first started this like series, we, we read her like ethos on cooking as like a language and there are different dialects and there are different grasps of the ability to speak that language and and levels of understanding but it's very cool to me to keep that as like a through line from what we've done even in terms of like what is simple and what is more complicated it's the same way you speak like sometimes we speak very simplistically and sometimes we're much more like complicated in our language and so I'm just going to hold that with me I think like with everything going forward, because I love that. I love that mindset that food is a language. I love the way that that like connects cultures and people and geography and everything. And we already want to make several of the things we've already, like we want to make again, what we've made and try so many more of her other recipes. And this is just one book. So I know she's, I like, say this casually and I also say this heavily but like she's really changed my thoughts about cooking and the way that I like want to cook and the way I want to entertain and present food and it's been awesome yeah well that's great I'm so excited I'm so glad we did this I know me too it's always so fun but there's something about Marcella that really speaks to us and it's cool because I think it speaks to us in very different ways or she does yeah and that's what's cool too Okay, we have seven minutes left on the timer. All right, let's go. I can mm-hmm. smell mine now. So we're getting getting closer. We're getting close. I wonder if that difference in smell is just because I already had my oven on and you mm, did not. Maybe. So mine was just had a little bit more heat behind it. And whereas, you know, it's like, not like I'm you threw little... it in first thing while it was cold, but still. <laughs> yeah, a little delayed in the heat, in the like heat everywhere situation. Exactly. Okay. My top is 
a little browned. I think it might be done. I was almost tempted to check it the last time. The thing is, is that you've got the carrots that are providing sugar. You've got sugar. You've got nuts. You've got quite a few different things that are contributing to that caramelization on top. So I think mm-hmm. that's why it browns very easily. But I don't think it would harm anything if we wanted to give it a poke. I might rotate mine. It looks Turn like around. the back half is not as brown. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. What are words? What are words? I'm going to pop mine out, set it up top. Mine is very brown. I think mine almost, I'm tempted to think mine's done. Oh, it is done. It's done. I mean, I have a slight bit of crumb still on there, but. Okay, I'm going to go a little longer. Okay, mine's done too. Our cakes have cooled. We're ready to taste. And mine is a very dark, nutty brown. That's delicious. Hmm. Don't know how I feel about the texture, though. Really? I'll be interested to see how I feel about tomorrow. Yours looks really nice. I like the texture of yours. Like, it looks like you have some, like, larger chunks. Mine's pretty well homogenous. Like banana bread Yeah, mine's super light. It's squishy. Mm -hmm. It's real fluffy. And it's got really nice chunks still of carrot and nut. It's really, really good. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have ground my down quite so far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but flavor wise i like it and it may be a whole different animal tomorrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'll be interested to see what it's like tomorrow and the next day and the next day mm-hmm. i kind of want to put melted butter on it <laughs> or the whipped cream which we didn't do we're just tasting the cake on its own but mm-hmm. i did use the granulated caramel hmm so I wonder if that has something to do with yeah. why it's so brown, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is eggy to me a little bit. It's got a lot of egg. <laughs> it does. Overall, I really like it, though. I do yeah. think I'd like to try it with the Amaretti biscuits, though, just to mm-hmm. see. More almondy. And then it actually would be truly flourless because I think even the ones I got this last time are don't have any flour in them. They're just almond. So... Yeah. Well, I wonder too, because we both did store-bought ladyfingers. So I wonder if mm. we made from scratch ladyfingers, if that would have changed, changed it. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a little bit too iggy for me. It's really good though, in terms mm. of like a cake, a carrot cake. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd make it again if I want carrot right. cake, but it's, it's nice to have something that you can still taste like the carrots and the nuts and it's not just like lost in the flour and sugar and sweetness of a cake. Like, yeah, it's a whole flavor experience versus just like, this is sweet. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is chocolatey. I think maybe that's why it's so hard. Like with something like this, where it's like chocolate or hazelnut or something, like it might hide more of that eggy flavor for you. Mm -hmm. To me, I can tell it's more of a texture than a than a flavor necessarily mm-hmm. but I like it mm-hmm. I do too I'm glad we did it I don't yeah. love it the way I thought I would but I like it I thought it was worth the swing because I thought it sounded really yeah. interesting when you brought it up that you wanted to do it I was I was like all right yeah let's do this yeah I agree I'm super glad we tried it because I think I mean we talked about like what it would look like if we did an egg substitute in this and that would be really tough Mm-hmm. because of the egg white whipping. Yeah. But I wonder if there's also a way to do it with an egg substitute, you know? Well, so there's aquafaba, which is mm-hmm. the chickpea juice. 
Mm-hmm. People but use I, applesauce a lot. Yeah, but that's not, it's, I was like, I don't think you can whip apple juice or applesauce. I don't but know if you can whip, be. but maybe you could <laughs> because pectin would be the part that's doing most of the structural integrity part of that. So, hmm. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you can whip pectin, but it's an interesting idea. <laughs> <laughs> so mostly I'm just over here going, hadn't thought of that before. New but experiment. Time. New thoughts, new ideas. Mm. Well, I think if you're a person who loves carrot cake, this is a fun approach. Or maybe if you're someone that doesn't like traditional yeah. carrot cake, because the traditional carrot cake in my moderate amount of experience with it involves a much denser formula like yeah which, yeah which I love I love that yeah. dense cake with cream cheese frosting like yeah where you like you, you're not tasting much so that's why this is a nice spin to that but well yeah it definitely highlights the carrot yeah yeah oh. the carrot is alive in the carrot cake for once for, for real <laughs> for real for once for real for once well, a, a success in tons of ways. I don't think we're both like, I love this. Mm-hmm. But I think this was fun. And this was a good experiment and a good learning. Yeah. And it tastes good. For sure. Yeah. So next time I want, when we do a Genoise sponge, you'll be ready to do it. So. Yeah. Yes. Tell me what that is. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready. So we're going to do, we've got one more. Oh, no. We're done with Marcella. This was our last. For now. Last. Marcella, we're done for now. We're done with the Italian kitchen for now, I guess yes. we'll say. Yeah. We'll never be done with Marcella. She's in our soul. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have the recipe on highgluttony.com. We'll link to it in the show notes and look for the post on the social medias and like and subscribe and tell five people you like. Thank you for joining us on our Marcella journey. This has been amazing. We don't know what we're going to do next. So stay tuned and off we go. Off we go. Woo! I'm just a flamenco. Yeah. <laughs>